Welcome to the Halakha Hour here on JRoot Radio. This is the Halakha Hour live on Wednesday. I don't know what the date is. I think it's July 1st today. And we are here live in the studio. Let me give you the numbers, how to listen and how to call in. Baruch Hashem, today we have a technician here live. So if anybody would like to call in, you'll be able to call in in the middle of the show. You don't have to wait till the end. But of course, if you want to be off the air, you'll have to call in the end. Let's go to the websites, the numbers. Here we go. jrootradio.com. That's where you could call, not call, but you could go on. You could watch on the internet. Live, you could watch a video and you can listen also online. You could also listen on the JRoot Radio Pro app. And you could call in and listen live. The number is 712 432-4217 or 718-506-9099. For those who are listening at 11 o'clock, this is not live. This is 2 o'clock. We're live. So therefore, do not call in the following numbers or text in any questions. We won't be able to see it. At least me personally, I won't be able to see it till next week. And by next week, it's already from all the messages. We won't have it here. The numbers to call in to the station, if you'd like to call in, regarding any question on Mukseh, specifically... What we're discussing, because we are talking about the halakhot of Mukse Mahmat Hasonkis, as we will explain. The number is 718-683-5858. Again, 718-683-5858. And today we have somebody who is answering our phone calls. And you could text in, which is always the best way, 347-927-8398. Again, 347-927-8398. Today's class is of and Yitzhak ben Berta, and it's also for Hatzlaha and Siata Dishmaya for someone who wants to remain anonymous. Okay. We're in our halachot. We're learning from the Ben Ishai, the halachot of Mukse. We're in Parashat Vayigash. We're up to Halachahe. Before we move on to Halachahe, which is Keli or Mukse, that is Mahmat Hesron Kis. Before we move on to that halakha, somebody saw me last week and he had a good question on the class that we had last week. Last week we discussed Kli Shemlachto Isur, And he asked a certain question and I believe I did, maybe I did not clarify all the way. So therefore, we will clarify it right now. We said last week that in order to move Kli Shemlachto Isur, you need a heter. A reason to move it, meaning either you want to use the item itself, even though it's usually isur, but you want to move it because to use it for something like a hammer to crack a, a coconut, or you need the makom. It's on your chair and you want to sit down, so therefore you want to sit down. It's in your place, you can move it. To move something away, to move a klis isur away because you don't want it to be there. Not because you need it, spot, because you don't want it to be there. Last week we said that it's Asur. So somebody saw me, a person, Abrech, I mean, Hacham, learning in Israel. He saw me, he told me that I have a question. You know, I saw in Poskim, says otherwise. And he's referring to the Ol Letzion. In Halek Bet, Siman Chavav, Ot Gimel. The Ol Letzion says over there that if a person wants to move, let's say he's talking about a kedera, let's talk about a pot, an empty pot. We already established that a pot is considered klish melachto isur, And therefore, when the pot is completely empty, you cannot move it unless it's cold. Unless you need the pot, you want to use it for something, or you need the place where the pot is. 
to move it away because it doesn't look nice, we said there's a problem. However, the old Litzion says, no, you can move it because, because I want that spot. That's also called I want it. I want that spot to be empty. That's called Litzorich Mekomo. That's what he says, Kibot Shabbat. However, Rabbi Moshe finds seen in Igrot Moshe, in where most of the questions of Mukseh are there in a very, very short, you know, short question and answers. Over there he says, to move a Kalish Mechtole Isur because you want the place to look nicer, he says that it's Asur. And he says, even though you want to do because it's Kavot Shabbat, he says, the real honor of Shabbat is when we listen and we follow the laws of Shabbat. He talks about the example we gave last week when we had pens on the table or you had a pencil case on the table and you want it away from the table. It's not Shabbos dick. It doesn't make a difference. Since you don't have a purpose for the place where the pencil case is, that's not called Tzorach Mekomo. And therefore, it's forbidden to move it. As in the words of Ramosha Feinstein, and by the way, this is, uh, Ramosha says this elsewhere. Other people had ideas about having a minyan where you bring in the young non-affiliated Jews, and they're going to come to this minyan, they're going to daven, they're going to pray on Shabbat. However, possibly and likely they'll drive there. So he said, you know, we, the, the person asking question, they said, you want to bring, we want to make such a minyan in order to encourage or train them in keeping Shabbat. So he says, if you want to train them to keep Shabbat, don't make that minyan. Because if you make the minyan, you know they're going to drive. And therefore you're causing them to drive on Shabbat. You want to be mahanech them? You want to train them in religion? Train them that they shouldn't be mahalei Shabbat. That's a hinuch. They should know that you one cannot drive on Shabbat and that's why we're not making this minyan. So he's consistent over here. He says also, that's kavot Shabbat. Kavot Shabbat is not what we think is the honor of Shabbat. Kavot Shabbat means that we follow what it says in the halakha. What hachamim prescribed to us and they told us already what it means kavot Shabbat. That's the opinion of Rav Moshe Feinstein. And... This person calls me to look further and I, upon further investigation, there's a new book that just hit the market, one of my favorite books. He came out with a new helik now. Peske Chuvot on Lechot Shabbat, second helik bit, second part. And over there, he brings down that this is really, already he opens up, he says, this is really an old mahlokit. You find already that Tehlal David was one of the Ahronim, from about 150 years ago, 200 years ago, he's medayek from the Rashba and Shemirat Shabbat Kehel Chata as well. And you see clearly from the Bi'ur Halakha, as I'll show you in a second, that they all hold that Litzorech Mekomo means I need the place. I can't just move it because I don't want my item there. I need to use the place in order to be qualified Litzorech Mekomo. Where do we see this in the Bi'ur Halakha? The Bi'ur Halakha talks about having the same exact case. Where you have a pot and it's empty. And now you want to move it. He says you're allowed to move it. You know why? Because it's graf shel re'i. What does it mean graf shel re'i? It's not our subject right now. We'll get to it eventually. Graf shel means when something is very disgusting and comparable to, let's say, you know, the potty, uh, the, the, the toilet training that the kids, the kiddie potty. So... It's disgusting. You don't want it there. You can move it. Even though it's mukseh, you're allowed to move it if it's disgusting. Same thing if you have a table. I mean, not table. If you have a pot and it's on the table and it's all dirty and things, even though there's no contents inside of it, I'm allowed to move it because of grashadai. How come the Bura Lakha didn't say I'm allowed to move it because it's called the Come on, I don't want it to be there. See, clearly, he's matir it only because it's a graf shadai and not because that's called sorech mekomo. 
That is a diuk from the Biur Halacha. Shmirat Shabbat Kilchata says it straight out. And like we said, it's Meduyak already from the Rashba. However, I don't have to say, say that he brings down the Matirim, like we saw all Letzion, Mishnati Yaakov, and Mahzai Eliyahu, which is Rab Folk from England, and the Medayak from the words of the Levush and the Graz. However, I saw in Hutashani, in Hutchani, that is Rab Nisim Karelitz, he quotes straight out the Rashba Nemi'iri that explained that Sorech Mekom means I need to use the item there. I need to use the place where the item is. And therefore, that is the way, like we said last week, and that's what we're continuing this week, in order to move Mukseh, that's Kli Isur, I need it to be Mukseh, I need to have a reason for it, like Sorech Gufo or Tzorech Mekomo. I need to use the item, I need a reason that I need to use the item, or I need the place of item to use. If I just want it to be away from me, that's not called letzorech mekomo. That is how we're going to rule the halakha. You should know, though, there are cases, even though I want the item outside of the room, I don't want to use the item itself, I don't want to use the exact place, sometimes it would still be permitted because it's called letzorech mekomo. Let's say there's an item that's mukseh, and it's obviously klisim lachtole isur, and... It's preventing me or someone else from being in that room. And I will not, or that person will not walk into the room unless the item is outside of the room. So even though I'm not technically using the actual physical spot where this item is, but being I can't use the room unless the item is out of the room, then it would be qualified. I'll give you two examples. Number one is in a room where husband and wife are, and there is a bag of tefillin. According to those she told that whole tefillin is mukseh because it is kli shemilachto isur. Since the husband and wife cannot be in the room unless they take out the tefillin bag. So therefore, the tefillin bag could be taken out of the room. I'm not using the necessarily the counter or not the counter, but let's say I have a small little wardrobe where I have this tefillin on it. I'm not going to use that spot. It doesn't make a difference. Since the room itself cannot be used without the tefillin out, removing the tefillin is called Litzorch Mekomo. Another example, you forget your alarm clock and it's ringing now and you can't go to sleep. All the kids played with it. You can't go to sleep. It's ringing now, let's say in Shabbat afternoon, you want to take a nap. It doesn't have to be at night, for sure at night, but even in Shabbat afternoon. I have now the, the alarm clock ringing at 4 p.m. and I need my nap. I need, you know, it's on Shabbat or whatever reason it is. I want to sleep on Shabbat. I have to sleep in the room. I can't sleep in the living room where all the guests are. So in that case, to remove the alarm clock, of course, we're, talking, we're not talking about an alarm clock that's plugged into the wall. We're talking about an alarm clock that could be moved. Since it's ringing and I can't stay in the room, I can't use the room unless the alarm clock is out, that will also be considered letzorech mekomo. Again, if I need to use the room and the item that's kalis mechatole isur is preventing me from using it, moving it or removing it from the room is also in the category of tzorech mekomo. That is just a clarification from last week. We move on now to today's discussion. Today's discussion is Let's read the Benish Hai from the inside. And after I read the after we go through the Benish Hai, then 
we will bring out a lot of points regarding Muqsay Muhammad Hassan case. And there's a lot. Really, this is where it gets exciting. You know, if you already followed us till now, you followed, you learned with us the halakhot of Klis Mnachtole Heter, the halakhot of Klis Mnachtole Isur, this makes Klis Muqsay Muhammad Hassan case will now be very, very interesting and exciting. Let's begin. Sakin shel shehita or shel mila or ismal shel saparim. If you have a knife that's made just for shehita, that's the uh, shohet's knife, or shel mila or the mohel's knife, that's the one that's used for doing circumcision, or ismal shel saparim, or they used to have these special knives that they still have it today. It's kind of like the razors where they would sharpen the kolmus. You know, you, when you're writing a sefer Torah or tefillin. The kolmus, which is the pen that you use, has to be in a certain size. You know, you want to write small or big. It has to be in a certain way. So they used to have a special knife that was made to sharpen that pen. Vesakin shesofrim. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I missed one. Sakin saparim is a knife or what we would call today like a razor or a shaver or something that the barbers use, a trimmer. Sakin sofrim is this thing that's made to use for a kolmus. Since normally, people, owners of such items, are very, very careful not to use them for any other uses. So now the halakha becomes that you can't move these items even if you want to use it for something else. Let's say you have a shahita knife and all knives in the house are missing or broken or dirty and now you want to use your shahita knife to cut your steak. Today you decide to change your mind. You quit, you don't want to be a shahita anymore, you gave up on it or you don't want to be a mohel anymore. You want to use now the... Mila knife for that. Or you want to show somebody your shahita knife. You found a big rav that came to your house and you want to show me your shahita knife. Doesn't make a difference. They're considered Muqsim Ahmad Hassan Kis and you can't move them. Even for the item itself, even if it happens to be you forgot the item on your chair and now you want to sit in that location. You cannot pick them up in a normal fashion and move them. Even if they're stuck into, let's say you have a place where you stick all the knives. So even if they're there, and you're going to say, okay, there's some knives that are, you know, that I use all the time. I use them to cut my steak. I could, I use them to cut my fruits. And then I have also my shahita knife also inside over there. My knife rack, it doesn't make a difference. Since it's there holding Muqseh Mahmoud Hassan Kis and it's very valuable to me, I cannot move it. Vuhaddin, this not only applies to these knives, also applies to These have these special types of hammers or cleavers, basically, whatever they used to use for making spices, making or something, you know, fragrances. And they would not use these types of cleavers for anything else. Also, it'll be asur to use them on Shabbat or to move them even on Shabbat. Why? Because usually you're careful from using them for any other purpose except for what it's made for. However, if for some reason, somehow, before Shabbat comes in, you decided that I'm going to use these items on Shabbat for something that's mutar. You took your shahita knife, you looked at it, you said, you know, I'm planning to get a brand new, I'm getting a, a package a dozen of brand new shahita knives. I don't need this one anymore. Or uh, maybe I'll use it for shahita, but I'm going to use it also for cutting my steak on Shabbat. Then it will be mutah to use it. 
Vechen, Nabin Yisrael brings another case. Niyar Halak. We're going to discuss every point, Bezat Hashem, as we go a little bit later. We're just reading right now. Niyar Halak, if you have a blank piece of paper, if it's a very, very important piece of paper that you're careful, you only use it to write letters on them, you don't use it for wrapping other things. Then it has a status of and therefore you cannot move it on Shabbat for any reason. That is the halakha about Mukse Mahmat Hasonkis. Let's review and define, first of all, Mukse Mahmat Hasonkis, even though we've done it in the past. We're going to stress, we're going to focus on this today. Mukse Mahmat Hasonkis is a category of Mukse where the items in this category are ones that people are very, very careful from using them for anything besides what it's made for. Why? Because out of fear, of ruining it, ruining it or depreciating its value. That's the definition of Muqseh Mahmat Hasonkis. You will not use them except for what they're intended for out of fear that depreciate in value or you're going to ruin it. That is the definition of Muqseh Mahmat Hasonkis. Now, there's a big question in the post scheme. The examples are given in Shulchan Aruch. You see, Ben Ishai is pretty much copying the Shulchan Aruch, the Ahronim. The examples are given usually for Muqseh Ahmad Hassan Kis happen to be things that are melachtam le'isur. Things that are usually, that the main purpose of it is something that's forbidden on Shabbat. Let's, if you recall, look. let's go review the examples are given. Sakin shal shahita, a butcher's knife. Not a butcher, but really a shahit's knife. Sakin ismal shal muhalim, ismal shal milah. That is a mohel's knife, which is made to cut the ola of the baby, or sakin shal saparim or sofrim, the barber's scissors, the barber's uh, razor, or the sofer's special knife. All these items are made klisim lachtam leisur. So the question arises between the poskim: in order for something to qualify as mukse mahmat hasron kis. Does it also have to be or do we say no? Even an item that's if it's very, very expensive and you're very careful from using it for any other purpose, then it should be also for example, diamond ring. Would you ever use your diamond ring for anything else? Would you ever use your diamond ring to hold up a window? Would you ever use it as a paperware? Would you ever use your diamond ring to pull out a nail from some from a box? No way. Oh, but it's a hard, you know, it's a gold. No way. You will never use it because it's going to depreciate in value. But a diamond ring is a klis It's made so somebody should wear it so to show it to people. It's not klis mechtol isur. And that's really what the question is. Do diamond rings or crystal vases, anything that's made leheter, do they qualify as mokseh mahmatason keys because people are very, very careful with them. And the answer that pretty much the majority of the poskim bring down is what the Tosefet Shabbat says in early Aharon. He says this in Siman Shin Yud Seif Katan Yud Gimel. Says the Tosefet Shabbat that only keli shemilachtole isur can become mukse mahmat hasonkis. If it's keli shemilachtole heter, it does not become mukse mahmat hasonkis. And he explains why. Meaning, only the, the item has to be designated for something that you cannot use on Shabbat, 
and it has to be something that you're so careful that you'll never use it for any other purpose, then it will qualify for Muqsim Ahrat Kis. If it's a Kilis Bakhtol it does not become not your diamond ring, not your crystal vase, not your whatever it may be. You know, special cups, whatever it may be. And he explains why. has to be a Kilis Isur first. Why? Well, in Kilis Isur, a regular Kilis Isur, a hammer, it's made to bang in nails into the wall, and that's Asur on Shabbat. We said you're allowed to move it. Why? If it's in a certain place that you need to use, or if it's for any other purpose, like cracking a coconut. However, in this case, they have, let's say, this uh, knife that's made for shahita. Shahita is a sunan Shabbat, right? But it's made for shahita. Would you use this knife for anything else? Would you use it let's sort of gufo? And the answer is no, of course not. I wouldn't use it let's sort of gufo. And because you wouldn't use it let's sort of gufo, so you have no other usage for this knife, Except for doing shahita and shahita is asur on Shabbat, so technically you have no usage for this knife on the Shabbat, and that's what's muksim Muhammad has on keys, because it's so precious, it's so expensive. Doesn't again expensive doesn't have to be literal. It's to you. It's so precious to you that you won't use it for anything else except for what it's made for, and what it's made for is for bin on Shabbat. So it comes out that this item has no usage on Shabbat whatsoever, and that's what becomes muksim. That is the opinion of Tosefet Shabbat, as well as the Graz, which is Hagon of Zalman, which is Shuhana Rukh Rav, Baalatanya, one of the main Ahronim. And it seems to be the opinion of the majority of the Ahronim. They all bring this. However, if you look in the Ahronim, you'll find a few contradictions as a rule. Remember, we said that Kli Shimlachtole Sur only will become Mukse Mahmat Hassan Kis. However, I'm going to bring you a few examples. Or you see Ahronim, some of the main Ahronim, who a lot of them do go with this rule, and they seem to contradict themselves. They say that Klis Mechtolete does not become Mukse Mahmatesonkis. So let's go through some examples. You look in the Mishnah in Semanshin Het, Seif Katan Kuf Samich Het, he brings over there a wall clock. It's not his own, you know, Hedush over here. He brings it from the Ahronim who say, they have a wall clock, which means a clock that you hang up on the wall. Says the bin, it says the Mishnah Berurah, that you cannot move it on Shabbat. He holds what's well, right now we're assuming that a clock is just work with me on this. We didn't get to that, we'll talk about that later on. A clock cannot be moved on Shabbat, even though it's made to tell time. Telling time on Shabbat is that's Asur. The Hazon Ish also reiterates the same point. Rav Nisim Karelitz in Chani, he goes a step further. Him and the Orlitzion both say that if you have a picture frame, what's a picture frame made for? It's made to show you a picture. If you have a beautiful picture frame that you set it on a wall and you won't move it from there, you set it on the wall, you nailed it in, that's it, that's its makom. Let's say, for example, you have a painting of the Kotel, you have a painting of uh, your whole family, whatever it is, it's a big, nice picture that you won't take off. If you set it on the wall, that becomes Muqseh Mahmat Hassan Kis. Which means, if it would fall on Shabbat, you cannot move it. You can't pick it up. Now, even though a picture frame is made to show, to display, and that's Mutawash, but a lot of look at that picture on Shabbat, you're looking at the kotel, what's, what's wrong? Some people, you know, when they pray, it's great. They're praying by the kotel, all right? So what's the problem here? And the answer is that since 
you said it, you designated it, it's it becomes mukseh mahmat hasonkis. That's what the old lesson says. Rav Nisim Karelitz as well. Uh, two more cases, two more examples. By the way, we have explanations for all this. Just work with me for a second. Another example, Rav Moshe Feinstein in Helek Hey Siman Chaf Aleph Od Zain. He talks about tablecloth, fancy tablecloth that one will only use for a special, special guest. And you know, if I come over. No, if somebody will only use it, only if a special guest will come over, then they'll take out this fancy tablecloth. Rav Moshe says, nah, since it's only made for a special, very, very important guest, you cannot move it on Shabbat for somebody who is not so important. To just regularly move it, to use it, you cannot use it. That's another example. Tablecloth. What in the world is wrong with a tablecloth? A tablecloth? Tablecloth is made to cover the table. That's Mikrim Shachto Leheter. How are you making this now? Muqsim Ahmad Hasan Kis, seemingly. Finally, we have the Ramah himself. The Ramah brings down that if a person, let's say, I'll give you an example, modern day example. Let's say a person has in his basement, he has a store. He sells over there shirts, pants, whatever it is. But he sells them and he will never ever use them. He's very careful that he won't use them. They don't have to be expensive. But he's very careful that he won't use them. His kids need a shirt. I say, oh, okay, we'll go buy it somewhere else. This is for sale, not for you. Or buy it. You know, that's how he is. He's very makbid. He's very careful with his merchandise. He has shirts and pants. Shirts, Rabotai, is a shirt. What's a shirt made for? To wear. Could you wear a shirt on Shabbat? Yeah. So it's a leheter. However, says Rama, being that you have shirts that are made which are made to sell. Munhatahaba adds, he says, even if they're made to be given as a present, you know, you have somebody's wedding and it's coming up in a month and you bought him this beautiful 40, 50, I don't know, maybe $100 shirt, you know, in the box and it's, it doesn't have to be gift wrapped, but, but you have it there. You want to move it, you want to try it on, but you designate to give to this guy as a gift to this hatan as a gift. Since it's designated to be as a gift, says it becomes like these shirts in this person's basement that are made to sell and becomes Mukseh Mahmat Hasan Kis. And this seems to contradict the rule that we said. In order to be Mukseh Mahmat Hasan Kis, we said it has to be Kalish Makhtole Sur. How in the world are you telling me now that no, this is going to be Mukseh Mahmat Hasan Kis anyway, even though it's a Kalish Makhtole Hitter? And the answer, the Huta Shani answers, a phenomenal answer. And this explains um, really the three examples, the first three examples that we gave. The case of the clock, the case of the picture frame. Well, that's it, the two cases. The case of the clock and the case of the picture frame. And it matches also with the other ones, but he, he says it by these two cases. Says of Rav Nisim Karelitz, in a case where I take an item... And I don't care what the item is, if it's Kalish Makhtol Heter or Leisur. If I designate it in a certain spot where I'm never going to use it, I took it out of all purposes, all uses, then, I mean all uses that is forever, then that's like a separate category where it becomes like a separate category of Mukseh that I cannot use it at all. It's not like a Klish Makhtol Heter. No, it has nothing to do with Makhtol Heter or Klish Makhtol Esur. Since I took the picture frame and I put it on the wall and I have in my head, I will never ever use this. In my mind, I'm never going to take that picture frame off. I have a beautiful painting. Why would I take it off? It's not made to go and display to people. I already designated it on the wall. You want to watch it? 
look from far. Right? You can't use them. You just look at it. It's not made for anybody to touch. It's not made for anybody to see. It's not made for anybody to pick up and move. It's not like a small little picture frame that I'm putting on my piano or my bookcase. I'm putting it on the wall that nobody's supposed to touch it. Likewise with the wall clock. Therefore, says the Hutashani, therefore it makes it automatically. It, the separate category of it becomes like a maqseh, my dad, this is such a concept in halakha, where I put it completely out of my mind and I make it as soon enough for anybody to use. Not for me, for anybody else. Therefore, if the item falls, I have no permission to move it because in my mind, when Shabbat came in, this item is not for touching. This item is not for handling. It's meant to be on the wall and just on the wall. That is also the opinion of Minhaj Shalomo, Rabbi Shalomo Zaman Orbach. He also goes with this opinion. If you koveyamba come for it, it becomes mukseh. And that explains why the Mishnah says, if you put a clock on the wall, or the Hazonish, or, or uh, the, what do we say, the Ol you put a picture frame, it becomes mukseh. Why? Because I, it's not like I'm using it. It's not like Happens to me, it is a Kisbech But once I put it on the wall, I set it out of my mind. Nobody's going to touch it. It's no man's land. When it falls on Shabbat, you have to leave it there. You cannot move it. However, not everybody agrees on this. Hakam Abadiyah brings a list of Ahronim that disagree with this rule, where they specifically point out if there is something that is Nikba Makom, that you designate a place for it, it does not make it Mukseh Mahat Kis. And just to quote you a few Ahronim, some of the big names, Penei Yehoshua, the Rosh Yosef, which happens to be the pre-Megadim, his Pirush on Jazz. The Hidda in Chubot, Yosef Ometz, Zayin Othet, the last piece over there. And Rav Moshe Feinstein as well. Rav Moshe Feinstein says, anything that's set on the wall for beauty, and you know, it's made to, of course, you hang up things on the wall, you don't plan to use it again. He said, that does not make it into Mukseh. So therefore, although we said that there are, you know, there are those who explain that it could be that something that will become when I designate a place for it. Others disagree. Akham disagrees. And as well as Moshe Feinstein, the Hidda as well. The Hidda actually says in the strong words, Hidda says regarding the wall clock, he says a wall clock that person put up uh, on the wall, he brings down the Ahronim that forbid it. He says, he can't make up new Where do we find such a case? Where do we find such a Isur and Hazal? Where do we find such an Isur and Shohan Aluch? We can't make up new Isurim. Not only that, a lot of Ahronim question the source of this, of this Isur. Kevi'ut makom, that you should take something and designate a place for it. A lot of Ahronim question, where's the source for it? Where do we find in Shohan Aluch that he talks that you designate a place for it? Designating a place for it does not make something mukseh according to these other Ahronim. Now, the only thing we didn't discuss yet, what do you mean? There's a Ramah. We said something that's made for selling, that everybody agrees. Even if it's Klisha like we said, the example of the shirt, the person has shirts in his basement that he sells. We said everybody agrees that that's Rabbi, uh, that's what we said, what's the name? That's the Ramah. The Ramah says that becomes Mukseh, even though it's Klisha And there, nobody disagrees. Everybody agrees that comes Mukseh, how come? So the Munahat Abba puts it in these words. He says, when it comes to items where a person should on Shabbat, you set it aside that nobody's allowed to use it. In such a case, says the Munahat Abba, that's why the shirts in this guy's basement become Mukseh. He designated it 
that nobody should use it. Nobody's allowed to use it for any usage whatsoever. This only applies, by the way, to items that a person is selling, not to food a person is selling. Let's say a person has in his basement a grocery store. Or Shabbat, obviously, you're not selling. But even though you have in your grocery store chips and food and all these other foods that you're planning to sell, if you want to go to your store and pick up some food to eat on Shabbat, that does not become mukseh. Food does not become mukseh. Like we said in the first class, food is not mukseh. The only time food will become mukseh if you turn the food into merchandise, into items that are not for eating. For example, an etrog that you plan to sell for people to do in the mitzvah of arba'at minim, you know, on, on Sukkot. People are not planning to eat it on Sukkot, they're planning to use it for a mitzvah. So now you turn the etrog, which is a food, into an item. An item for sale, and it's a very expensive lemon, right? So that is when the food could turn into muqseh mahmat hasron kis, because it's made for sale. Another example is matzah shemura on Arif Pesah. Arif Pesah, you can't eat matzah until the night of the seder. And there also, the matzah turns into a mitzvah. It's not a food anymore because I cannot eat it. I can only eat it that night. And it's also something that I'm very careful with. Especially those, you know, you spend a lot of money on matzah. It doesn't have to be in the money. But I'm very careful with my matzah shemura that I will only use it for one purpose, and that is to eat it on the night of seder. So that makes it also muqseh mahmat hasron kis. Even though it's a food. But again, I turn it into a merchandise that I'm very careful from using it from any, any sort of usage. This is the explanation of the criteria for Muqseh Mahmat Kis. It has to be Kliyus Mahtole Isur first. If it's Kliyus Mahtole Heter, it does not become Muqseh Mahmat Kis. However, there's a Mahlokit. If I designate a, spa- a place for it, there are some who hold that it becomes Muqseh, even though it's a Kliyus Mahtole Heter. And those who disagree, and they hold no, as long as Kriyus Mahtol Heter does not. But when it comes to items that are for sale, everybody agrees that it becomes Muqseh Mahmat Hasan Kis. Personally, I have two questions on what we just said. If I was listening to myself, I would ask two questions. Question number one. According to those who permit it, according to those who say like Acham Abadiyah, and the ones who are Matir, in the case where I, let's say the case where I took a picture frame, I put it on the wall. Why? Are those why are they why are the people Osrim? Because I designate a place for it. And they hold designating a spot for it, even though I don't want to use it anymore, it doesn't make it mukse. What's the difference between a picture frame that I put up on the wall that I don't plan to use at all, and between the merchandise I have in my basement, I have shirts I want to sell, and I I don't plan on using them at all, and I don't let anybody use them. Even though on Shabbat now, let's say I give you a good example, a good example. I sell raincoats. It's a summer. Okay, so they're on sale a little bit. But still, I sell raincoats and they're expensive. Nice Calvin Klein, uh, Gucci and, and Armani. And I got nice stuff in my basement. All of a sudden, it rains. Well, summer rains, what kind of crazy weather it is? Okay, it is. That's what it is. It is what it is. You're going to wear it or not you wear it? So now I changed my mind. You know what? I'm going to take myself for myself a nice Armani raincoat. And I'm going to wear it to go to shul. Mutar or not mutar? Everybody will agree that's Asur. Because I'm, I have the raincoats in my basement for sale. I will never, and I don't plan on using them. I never plan on using them. I keep them just for sale. Now that it rained, all of a sudden I changed my mind. The item remains mukseh. Why? Because in my mind, when Shabbat came in, I designated it. That nobody, not designated, I made it in a way that nobody is supposed to use it. Why is this any different from the case of the picture frame on the wall? Same thing when I put up the picture frame on the wall. When Shabbat came in, in my mind, that picture frame is not for use at all. What's the difference between this and that? That's question number one that I have. 
But no answer for these two questions. I'm saying the question out loud. If you have the same question, I agree with you. Don't ask it. Don't. Okay, if you have an answer for me, please call me after the show. I would love to hear it. Question number two is the case of Ramosha Feinstein Halak Hay. I, I don't understand it. He says a tablecloth that's very, very, very hashub, that you, very, very important, that you only use when you have an important guest, becomes mukseh on Shabbat when you don't have that important guest. Why? I, I will use it if the important guest does come. So it's a klish makhtole heter. And uh, it's not even something that I'm kovea makom. He himself agrees that kivirut makom, designating or putting it aside, does not make him mukseh. Why is this mukseh now all of a sudden? I did not understand. I was not zochet to understand this uh, case over here by Ramoshe. If somebody could explain to me, also, I'd appreciate it. You could call in at three o'clock. I'll be here. Okay, let's get to the next point now. For in the halachot of Muksim Ahmad case, although even according to those that are osir, the picture frame because you designated it on the wall, you have to know there's a difference between designating an item or if something is so precious that you'll keep it in a special spot. For example, let's say you have a crystal vase in your... Uh, you have a crystal vase, okay? A crystal vase is very, very expensive. You bought it, let's say, I don't know, you got it as a gift. Whatever it is, it costs $1,000. Baruch Hashem, your little kids are now... They graduated from being little babies, toddlers, and now they're jumping on the table... Dancing, making a whole record on the table, Baruch Hashem, Mazel, great. Every time I walk in, I have to get my kids each one off the table. Come on, come on, one at a time. If I keep my crystal vase on the table, I am going to sit shiva for that crystal vase. <laughs> it's not going to last. It's going to be uh, gone in a second. So we'll wait, we'll keep this until the kids get married before they bring the grandchildren in the house. I take it now, and where do I place it? I place it now in a closet away from people, from my kids touching it. I could put it maybe... On, on display, right? But in, the, this, in an area, in a place, like a museum, can't touch it. You just can look at it, you can't touch it. Everybody agrees in that case that the crystal vase does not become Muqseh Mahmat Kis, even though I'm putting it in the spot. The answer is, I'm not putting it in that spot because I, even those who are said that means, I'm not putting it in that spot because I don't want anybody to use it for anything. No, of course I'll use it. Just don't have the opportunity. I'm protecting it. There's a difference between designating it in a certain spot that I'm never going to use it again, or because it's so precious, I have a special place for it. Having a special place for it, to protect it, does not turn an item into Muqseh Muhammad Hassan Kis. Even though Rashi in the Gemara sounds like, it seems like a condition, the Rashi in Masech Shabbat says, he's regarding certain items, he says, alayhu. Certain items are Muqsim Ahmad Tasonki says, explains Rashi, because people are makpid on it, they care about it, and they designate a place for it, and therefore it's not ra'ui for a different melacha. The Haranim explains, this doesn't mean that is a condition. No, it's just a result of the fact that it's so expensive, people are careful with it. But it's not a condition in making something Muqsim Ahmad Tasonki and it's not going to turn a regular item into Muqseh Mahmat Tazonkis. Just more to the point that I that, that point out. Next, and this is a big subject. And uh, maybe from this, we'll stop here right after this. Uh, let's see how long it takes us. I wanted to speak a little bit about the three weeks coming up and some of the halakhot coming up. Let's start with the last question we're going to talk about today about Muqseh Mahmat Next week, we'll continue. We're not done with these halakhot. Question... 
is like this electronics what is the status of electronic devices on Shabbat what are they how do you categorize them we already learned you can move it for as long as you have a purpose for it you can only move it if you need the item itself to use it for something that's mutar or if you need its place and finally we learned today about which means an item that's made that's so precious and you're careful not to use it for something else you cannot move it for any purpose question is what about electronic devices? Today, it's all over. Everything, almost everything you may have in the house will be in this category. It's electronics. Your phone, your CDs, your radio, your... Uh, think of everything. I don't know. Next will be our belts will stop buzzing. You know, they have watches. The iPhone watch. You know, everything. How do you... A regular watch, by the way, is also electronics. Right? It has a battery. It runs. Who cares? Right? It doesn't have to be the iPhone. How do you categorize now electronic devices? So guess what? Whatever answer you said, you're probably right. We find in the post scheme, some say that electronics are That's number one. Number two, some say that's And we find even opinions are say It's possibly some items, some electronic devices will also be Let's explain. This is universal. Everybody will agree on this. If you have an electronic device that's made for something that you cannot do on Shabbat, and you're very careful from allowing your kids to play with it. You're careful from giving it out randomly to other people. You're very, very careful with it. So then that becomes, by the way, you might lend it to people, but you're very careful in how they use it. Then that becomes Muqseem Ahmad Hassan An example is you have a brand new laptop and you don't let the kids watch on the laptop. You get them that old laptop to watch their Uncle Moishi and Twins from Friends. You don't let them watch on this new laptop. So that, your new laptop that you just got, the the note, or maybe I'm too old-fashioned. I don't know what's out there. Okay, but you won't let them use it. You got a brand new iPad, right? iPad 75. So now you're not going to let anybody use it. You just bought it for $7,000. That is Mukseh Mahmat Hassan Kis. Same thing, by the way, a new phone when it's first on the market. The new Samsung, the new iPhone 6, all these things. When it first comes out, people are very careful. They won't let the kids play with it. Until, you know, the kids take it over. But then you have something like... Um, Blackberry, Aleva, Shalom, you know, those old phones that nobody uses anymore. That, the smartphones, but you let the kids play with it. You know, it's like a dummy phone almost. But, you know, you paid for it, so Chavad, let the kids use it. In any case, those types of phones where people are very, very careful from letting their kids play with it or, you know, obviously you're not going to use it for something else. You're not going to use your cell phone, even a Blackberry, to hold up your window. Or if your table's shaking, you're not going to put your Blackberry under it, obviously. That's not going to make it Muqseem Ahmed Tesron Keys. Muqseem Ahmed Tesron Keys is that you're careful, very, very careful, from using it in a way that might get it ruined. A special case on it, you have, you take care of it. That is Muqseem Ahmed Tesron Keys. This is universal. All the post will agree on this. Now, here's where it gets a little complicated. If it's made, how about, oh no, you know what? The next case, the next case, the next category you find, if something is made for Isur, like a cell phone, even if it's not Hashubi, but a cell phone is made that you should dial on and talk on it. That's Isur on Shabbat. Or regular house phone, the Panasonic or the Sony, whatever it is. Those phones, they're not How are you? And the proof is, people throw it all around. You, you sometimes have to look at their phone and you find it under the couch in between this, that. It's all over the place. It might even be in the toilet, by the way, sometimes, right? 
it's all over the place. You're not makpeed on it. You're not careful with it that the kids should not use it, that somebody should only use it in a specific way. You don't have to, you don't have to be, you know, crazy man and go into this bathtub with it, obviously, that does, but nobody wants any item to get ruined. You wouldn't jump it with your suit into a pool that doesn't make you so just because you don't jump into the pool with a regular phone doesn't mean it's going to become what it means is that I'm careful from you only I'm careful to only use it in a specific way a house phone people are not so careful with it they let it fall on the floor they let it go they don't like it but if it happens they don't go crazy so therefore a house phone according it should be but here we have a little bit of, of a disagreement. It is a Klis Bakhtol Yisur according to the majority of the Ahronim. The Grot Moshe, Ravil Yashiv, Shemash Abad Kilchata, Chacham Abadia, Chut Hashani, Chut Shani. All of them hold. It's a Klis Bakhtol Yisur. However, last week you mentioned in a case where you have a Klis Bakhtol Yisur where you have no heter for it. You can't use it for anything that's mutar. Does it automatically make it Asur to move it, Mahmad Gufo. Let's take, for example, you have a Blackberry or a house phone. What could you use a house phone for to call? So it's Klis Makhtol Asur. Is there any reason why you would be able to use a house phone on Shabbat Leheter? Could you think of any way? He says, no. What do you use a phone for? Just to call. It's not made in a way that I can use it for anything else. So that we said that there was a Mahloket between Rishonim as well as Ahronim. If this item becomes now like a regular Klis Mechtole Sur, although I don't have a Tzorek Gufo, but I have a Tzorek Mekumah, I can move it if it's on my chair. Or does it become now a more stringent level of Mukse, a more stringent level of Mukse, which makes it Mukse Mahmat Hasron Kis? That's Mahogot we mentioned last week. And the same will apply here. Those who forbid like Be'er Moshe says, since electronic devices don't have any other uses except for that which is Asur, so it becomes like Muqseh Mahmat Hasran Kiz. You can't even move it. Let's work Mekomo. However, we mentioned last week, Acham Badiah, and it's an opinion also of the Rashban Ritva that such an item, like a house phone, is just a Klis Makhtole Asur. If you come to sit on your chair or on the couch and you find that the phone is there and you need to sit in that spot, you can pick it up and move it out of the way, no problem. Here, the next case, the next opinion, which is electronic devices to be Klis this already is a little bit more shaky. Huta Shani brings, and a lot of other Ahronim also bring this way, they hold that electronic devices, since they're made in a way that they only function through electricity, whether you plug it into the wall or they're operating through a battery, so then it becomes even though its main function might be lehiter. Classic case is I have a clock. I have a clock. Okay? It doesn't have to be a wall clock. Let's not make a wall clock where I leave it on the wall. But you know those alarms, what do you call it? A desk clock, I think they call it. Help me out over here. Okay? So they have like a regular thing, you know, it tells me time. It's made to tell time. That's what it's made for. It's a digital clock that I put on my desk. It's made to tell me time. It tells me 3 o'clock, 2 o'clock. Beautiful. It's plugged into the wall. So according to Huchani, Rav Nisim Karelitz, and a few other Ahronim, since, even though, no, sorry, even though it's made to tell me time, 
doesn't make a difference. Since it only operates through electricity and now is assumed to be done on Shabbat, so therefore makes it mukseh, that's in the category of klisim lachtol isur. However, Rabbi Shlomo Zaman Orbach disagrees. In Minhajamor, he writes, no, we don't look of, on the item of how it functions. We look at it of why, what's its purpose? What is the purpose of this clock? To tell me time? Am I allowed to look at time on Shabbat? Yes. So that's mutar. It's a klisim lachtol heter. I just have to be careful when I move electronic devices that I shouldn't do nisur, for example, plugging it out of the wall, pressing the wrong button, or if lights turn on. But it's not going to make it klis bachtole isur because it works through electricity. And that is also the opinion of Ramosha Feinstein. I know I'm running a little bit short on time, but I have to read this for you. It's a tshuva and halakhe siman chav gimel. Because I saw a very, very good book that I look at it and it's very good. It's a book written in English. I believe he was also a very close student of Moshe Feinstein. But he quoted Moshe Feinstein in a way that's against this teshuva. Therefore, I want to read this teshuva and to clarify what, what, what it says in, in, in the Grot Moshe, the opinion of Moshe Feinstein. He says like this. And this teshuva, by the way, is in Ora Hayim halakhe siman chav gimel. A very short teshuvah. He says, I already wrote about the subject. And I also publicized my opinion verbally about this item, this, this idea. Everybody knows about it. He says, some people pointed out that there's a little bit of confusion of my opinion, like the way I wrote it. He brings the sources in Halagimul on Halagdalit. Therefore, I requested that they write down, record down my exact opinion regarding electronic devices. And here I quote you the most of Einstein's words. He says, Electronic devices, even though they operate through electricity, and they're connected to electricity, even a lamp with a light. However, at the end of the day, they're not considered muqseh. You're allowed to move them. Unless there are utensils that are made to do a melacha with them. However, if they're made for not a melacha on Shabbat, which means they're not made to do a melacha with them on Shabbat, you can't consider them a clear just because they are energized through electricity, which is Asur. Because when we say in Halakha, the meaning is, it's an item that you do an isur with it. And it's not an item that works through something that's asur. The only thing is, one has to be careful not to, when you move them, not to disconnect them from where they're plugged in, from the electricity. He says, if a person wants to be more mahmir on himself, he says, Hagam, in parentheses, Hagam Shani Batsmi, any no hekin, even though personally says Moshe, I don't do it. How should we do? Of course, you can be Mahmir. However, you should know, but it shouldn't be any worse than Kalis Mahtol Isur. 
and therefore you should be able to move it even a lamp that's sort of gufo and mekomo. However, in parentheses, they bring over here that it seems to be that he says when it comes to a light, to a lamp, something else. We'll talk about that at a different time. Also, included in what's called the Torah Mekomo, if you need that place to be dark, that's also called the Torah Mekomo. That's the end of the Teshubah. I wanted to read this. To stress, Moshe's opinion is that if something is electronic, but it's made later, which means it's made that people, something that's mutar on Shabbat, the classic case is a clock. It's digital, it's electricity, that operates through plugging it in, but it's made for something that's mutar, it's mutar to move to move it on Shabbat, like Kli later. However, one has to be careful. Like we give these eterim, you have to be careful that you have to know your, your audience, you have to know who's around you. If by moving this clock, people might be mezalzel more, people don't understand the reason why you're doing it, and they might come to be matir more things, they might come to do, them to move things are really asu, then you should be mahmir. We're giving over here akar halakha, but you have to be smart and wise in how you apply the halakha, that it shouldn't cause hasbir shalom, people to do isurim based on the halakha that you're doing. We're going to have to stop here. It's, we have a few minutes left. I have to speak about what's coming up. This Shabbat is the 17th of Tammuz, which means we're beginning the three weeks known as Ben HaMetzarim. So there's going to be a fast. It's supposed to be really Yud Zayim Tammuz. We're supposed to have a Ta'anit of the 17th of Tammuz on Shabbat. Of course, we can't fast on Shabbat. The only time we fast on Shabbat is Yom Kippur. And therefore, the fast will be pushed off until the following day on Sunday. Also, and again, we won't fast on Shabbat, we'll be pushed off until Sunday. Let me give you quickly the times and a few quick halachot. Next week, we'll talk more about the halachot of the three weeks. And in two weeks' time, I guess we'll talk about all the other halachot of Rosh Chodesh Av, as well as the Shabbat. This year, we don't have Shabbat Shabbat, or according to most opinions, we don't have it. We'll talk about all the other halachot later on. Let's tell you first, Sunday, July 5th, fast begins at Arul Tachahar. The calendar I follow, it says Zahlot HaShahar is 4 a.m. If you have a different calendar, follow the calendar that you have or your Rav has. But the calendar that I have, Hakam Yosef's calendar, is 4 a.m. Fast finishes around 40 minutes, around 40 minutes after Shekiah, which is around 9, 10 p.m. Shekiah is at 8.29. Everybody's obligated to fast, mean to say everybody that's healthy and above the age of Bar Mitzvah. This goes for men and women. The people who are exempt from fasting are women who are pregnant or women that are actively nursing. Means not that they could nurse, but they're actively nursing. They're actually nursing their kids. Doesn't mean that you have to nurse nurse the child on the day of the fast. It just means that you normally nurse your child. Even a little bit. Even if you nurse and you also give them a bottle, you'll be exempt from the fast. There are other opinions that hold that as long as a woman have, has given birth within two years, then even though she's not actively nursing, the kid is not nursing anymore, or the kid is taking bottles all the time, since the bodies are weaker, she's exempt from fasting. Hakam Abadiyah used to hold that way. However, later on, he changed his opinion with Hoser. He rules that the woman has to be actively nursing. But there are still opinions out there. There are big rabbis that hold that a woman has given birth within the last two years, she's exempt from fasting, Ask your local Rav what you follow. 
Just remember, Hakamadiyah was Hosea. Next, usually a person who got married, let's say this week, when it comes to Sunday, he should be obligated in fasting. He's obligated to fast on Yudzayim B'Tamuz. But being that this year, the fast really falls on Shabbat, but we just pushed it to Sunday. So it's called Nidha. In that case, that gives Hatanim an exemption. And Hatanim, that means, what is the definition of a Hatan? Hatan means anybody within his seven days of Sheva Brachot, he's, and of course the Kala as well, they're exempt from fasting this year because it's a fast that's Nidha. Other people that are exempt from the fast are people who are sick. Sick means to say he's bedridden. He has to be in bed. Examples are people have a high fever. People are on antibiotics. Especially if the doctor tells you don't fast, you don't fast. It's important to know that even though you might qualify to be on the list, it's always good to check with your rav or your rabbi to decide if you're exempt or not. Don't just jump the gun and say I'm exempt. And by the way, it goes the other way as well. You might be exempt, and don't be too mahmir on yourself either. You want to be mahmir, that's Yom Kippur, Tisha B'Av, okay. But in these kind of fasts, before you mahmir, not that you, you can be, but before you mahmir, call up your rabbi and double check with him. Because if it's a health situation, it's a, something that you could risk a danger to your health, then it's not worth it. Beginning from Motsa'i Shabbat, that is, we're beginning from already Motsa'i Shabbat, we cannot listen to music anymore. We don't make, we don't, um, what's it called? We don't make weddings. Even though this is a minhag that's really brought down by the Ramah. According to Shohan Aruch, he can have weddings up to Rosh Chodesh Av. But most of these Faradi Ahronim already discussed it and they said that our minhag is like the Ramah. And therefore, we don't make any weddings or music in these three weeks beginning Motsa'i Shabbat. We'll discuss this a little bit more in the future. One last point I want to point out. Maran does bring the following words. He says, You have to be careful coming up in the, mean to say in this three weeks, that not to do dangerous activities because there's a certain demon called Ketab Meriri and therefore, one has to be careful not to hit the children too hard. In those back days when they used to hit the kids to train them. Nowadays, we have to tell the kids, don't hit your parents too hard. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, in any case, be careful. Personally, I don't recommend swimming. I personally don't like to go swimming. The kids do go swimming in camp. There's no problem. According to halakha, there's no problem to go swimming whatsoever. But, again, it has nothing to do with halakha. But out of dangerous activities, one should try to be very, very careful in these weeks. We'll stop here. Bazat Hashem, we'll see you next week on Wednesday afternoon. Bazat Hashem, we'll continue with Chod Mukseh and the laws of the three weeks. I want to give thanks to Iran, uh, Nisim, and Yossi, who, good enough, okay, who is here helping us in the studio. If you have any questions, you could call in right now, 718-683-5858, and we'll love to hear from you and answer any questions that you have. Till then, have a wonderful week and Shabbat Shalom.